Hey, it's Bao, and this is Coffee with Bao coming to you from a whole new studio. Coffee with Bao is where I chat with awesome people about their creative process, their cultural backgrounds, and how do they continue to grow as a human being, which is really cool, right? You can find all of my awesome past guests and contact me at coffeewithbao.com. Um, you guys, today I'm hanging out with a fellow Vietnamese American who's in the arts. And、uh, she is a, an animation casting director, a voice director, a voice actor, and a really, really great singer and guitar player. She's worked on a ton of projects for Netflix, Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, Warner Brothers, and more. And、uh, really excited to introduce you guys to my new friend, my former neighbor, Ashley Nguyen. Do it. Hi. Hi, Hi Bao. How's it going? <laughs> it's. it's、uh, I'm on like some nerves. It might be the caffeine too, but、uh, having this brand new setup and this brand new space is like kind of weird. Yeah. How、I'm、are you? Thank you. I'm, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it's,、um, I also have the caffeine, so I also might be <laughs> a little jittery.、Uh, but, you know, it's, 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 been, it's been a good day so far. So. Hooray. I hope it turns out to be like. A continuously great day. Thank you for making my day great as well. Cheers. Cheers. Okay, so now that I'm not in downtown LA anymore, I really regret that we never got a chance to hang out in person. I know.、Um, here we are. Here we are. We can do are. this now. Yeah, things are kind of opening up again. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> We're probably still going to stay inside, but. <laughs> totally. Um, so, Ashley, I discovered you on Twitter and、uh, during the pandemic pretty early on. And I was like, wow, she's doing cool stuff, like sort of related to what I'm doing. And as I got to learn more about your life、uh, through social media and stuff, I was like, man, our Vietnamese American experiences are pretty different. Like, I totally want to know more about this person. And、um, <laughs> so here we are. <laughs> Uh, I did some sneaking around on you, and、mm-hmm. I found out that you, I think, f- are from the Bay Area.、Uh, your father's Vietnamese. Your mother is African American. Am I d- going down the right path? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my,、uh, so, my dad immigrated here from Saigon, Vietnam, in 1967, I want to say.、Uh, oh, wow. And my mom is from Wat. Uh, oh, wow. Like in LA.、Um, and so they, they met while they were both working at a police station in East Palo Alto in the 80s.、Um, cool. he, he was a rookie and she was like a dispatcher over the radio.、Um, and they met, they fell in love. They had me and my brother. And now they're like semi retired in Texas, living the dream. <laughs> so cute. Yeah, they're really cute. <laughs> That's so cool. Did you grow up in the Bay Area then? Like most yeah, of your life, your early life? Yeah, I grew up in the Bay Area. My dad was a cop in San Leandro, and、oh, we lived、cool. in this city called San Ramon, and that's where I, where I grew up, East Bay, Bay Area Valley. Nice.、Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like your, your mom's family is from Southern California. Did you guys have family up there as well? Like, how, what was your, the network of people around you like growing up? 
Uh, yeah. So my mother's family, yes, all live down here in LA. And uh, my father's family actually lives in, in Northern California. So my Bandoi, my young boy, they both uh, lived in the Bay Area, uh, like Berkeley, Hayward uh, time. So I would see them a lot actually growing up. Um, nice. since we like were closer to them, I saw like Marva Noy all the time. And eventually she moved in with my parents. As soon as I moved out, she took over my room, um, and <laughs> like kind of live, live with them ever since. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Okay. For the non-Viet folks, a Noy is a grandmother on your father's side. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did yeah. you guys speak Vietnamese at home at all? No. Uh, I mean, it's so interesting. Like, I learned how to count. Um, yeah. Like, I knew, like, the bat noi and ang noi and, like, that. But really, we didn't speak. I mean, my mother doesn't speak. My father, um, he can speak it, you know, because he, he grew up there and, like, him and my grandmother speak. But um, mm. But we were never really taught. They tried to put us in a Vietnamese school when I was like a, like a weekend school to like teach us. Yeah. But unfortunately, um, they they didn't really teach us as much as sit my brother in a corner with crayons and apples and taught all like the Vietnamese presenting kids uh, over us. So <laughs> my my parents kind of just pulled us out because they were like they're not doing anything for you. Um, that's but, so interesting. Yeah, yeah. But my uh, my Angnoi, he he used to build computers. So when I was little, he put on this program on my computer that was like a Vietnamese language program. So like mm. you click on a picture of a chicken, it would go ga, you know. Like it was like it was just like a cute little thing that he he put on our computers to kind of try to teach us, but it didn't really stick. <laughs> Cool. I, at least, at least you guys tried, and and you have the basic like salutations and stuff. I think that's important as a yeah. show of respect for all of our elders and stuff. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that's cool. What was the balance of cultures like growing up? It was interesting um, because we were mostly around like my Vietnamese family because we lived near them. Um, we mm. we spent a lot of time especially around my grandmother and like her family. Uh, like we would celebrate Tet. Um, like we would be with them. My grandma would take us to a pagoda. My mom would take us to church. Mm-hmm. It's really whoever <laughs> picked so us cool. up and brought us <laughs> and brought us first. But like, yeah. we grew up going, like I grew up going to church. I was baptized Christian, but I also would eat with monks, you know, uh, growing up, which is really, really interesting. Um, my grandmother used to have a restaurant in the 70s, so we grew up eating a lot of Vietnamese food. Um, and my mother cooks a lot as well, so we grew up eating a lot of soul food, you know? Like, Ooh. it was, like, a really interesting balance between the two the two of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, like, it, I don't know, it was... Yeah, it was mixed, you know, as I am, you know? <laughs> um, <sighs> yeah. I love that so much. I, I really think it makes for really interesting experiences and perspectives that obviously now you're kind of like using in your work and your music and your person. And it's so cool to me. And for me, like I was born in Vietnam. I grew up speaking Vietnamese here in in the U S but we're very much like Vietnamese, you know, and 
I think moving around has kind of given me additional perspectives, but I really appreciate that the way that you and your brother grew up had so many um, inputs as far as culture. So that's really cool. Yeah. Like we had those, but I mean, like we're American, you know, so we grew up yeah. very American. <laughs> well, that's really so. great. Mm-hmm. I'm also glad that you had um, your Vietnamese family nearby and were able to catch a lot of the cultural things like Tet and, um, and, and Pagoda. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. I mean, like I try to, it's so interesting being, um, someone who's mixed, uh, especially between those two cultures, because like my brother and I, we present as African-American, we look African-American, like naturally mm-hmm. I, I have a natural giant Afro, like, you know, and so like, it's always an experience being with my Vietnamese family because we were just like so different on the outside. But like, as I grew older, I realized that I identify equally with being Vietnamese and being African American, mm-hmm. you know, um, and I try to honor that as much as I can. Like, um, at my wedding, I wore an guy <laughs> uh, at my wedding reception, you know, I had like my big, Love beautiful, it. like princess white dress and then like wedding reception, I changed into an guy. Um, so Yay. like, yeah. <laughs> you know, we've been talking a lot about how you and your family addressed your biculturalness. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know like sometimes kids can be pretty brutal. Like how was it growing up with like tweens and teens that how did they view you and treat you? Um, I, it was so interesting because when I moved from San Leandro to San Ramon, like I went from being around like a lot of like pe- kids of color, you know, to a city that I was surrounded by mostly um, I would say like East Asian and mm. um, white kids. Mm. So I was coming into that area as like a black kid, you know, yeah. because how I presented. And I remember being in elementary school and like, drawing a picture of my family and so like I had like the brown crayon for like me and my brother and like my mom and then I would take a yellow crayon and I would draw my dad um and like kids were confused about that um yeah and like it was just I mean so like in elementary school when I moved it was like hard when I got into middle school I hung out with all the Asian kids which was really interesting uh, <laughs> which all gravitated towards each other people assumed that I was Filipino based off of the way that I looked uh. which was interesting and so like I hung out with all the Filipino kids um, and then like once I got to high school the pool grew you know like mm. and then there were certain clubs like there's like the black student union the asian student union and like which one do i belong which one do i gravitate yeah. towards and it was so interesting just like like where are people putting me uh mm, you know interesting um and so like there was a moment where in my high school they had like this terrible meeting um where they took all basically all the kids of color and I know that they didn't really want to but like like all the like the Hispanic kids and the kids who just it's mostly just like the kids with just ethnic last names um wow. that weren't Asian and they put them in this assembly to tell them to bring their star test their standardized testing 
up and like my name wasn't called because my last name is Gwyn. So like I wasn't called. And I remember like walking past, but like my best friends who are like twin, like pale, tall, beautiful, like half Cuban. So their last name's Alamar. Like they were put into this like meeting and I was like walking past the assembly room and like I poked my head in and like I saw them and I like waved and I saw like with the assembly going and like a teacher was like hey why aren't you in this and I was like I don't know bye like I just like left but like like you so, just blew my mind I know it was rough and they had to apologize for that meeting because it was kind of racist um, oh wow but like it yeah it <laughs> So, there's, so it was I, so interesting just kind of growing up of like, where do people put you? Um, yeah, exactly. That was how I was going to summarize it. Like there's, it, it's hard for most people to like put you into a box, which they shouldn't be doing anyway, but like, no. that's the natural inclination, right? Yeah. Wild. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> okay. So how did you discover that you were like an artist because you truly are multifaceted in the arts thanks um well my mother was a thing is a singer um i should say she hasn't she doesn't stop singing but um my mom and i used to sing together a lot when when i was growing up she would sing like a medley of songs constantly and like it's so funny like they were both arts majors my dad was a photography major which is so interesting because they both went into such not like uncreative positions. Like my mom's a contracts manager and my dad's retired now, but he was like a police officer and like an inspector and like, Mm. like worked his way through that. So they were both very artistic and they both love music and would always play music constantly. Um, And like my dad grew up in Berkeley in the seventies. So like a lot of like really, really good music came out of the Bay area um, at that time. And so like he was always playing stuff and so I grew up with this love of music. My mom used to say that, like, I was singing out of the womb, you know? Um, <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So, like, both my brother and I are really into music. Like, he's a brilliant, like, violinist and composer and stuff. And, like, yeah, it's just kind of something that was really – I was interested in. And then my mother, she was, like, an arts and, like, a theater major, too. So, like, she mm-hmm. introduced me to, like, musical theater and stuff. That's how I kind of – found out just kind of growing up and singing a lot when I was a kid and like playing around and like being super dramatic. Um, <laughs> was, super how, dramatic. was how I, I was very dramatic as a kid. Uh, was how I was how I kind of discovered my passion for it. And like, I was a choir kid for so, so long. And then one of my uh, best friends in high school, uh, who's since passed away, but she really wanted to join this theater class that you had to audition for and she didn't want to audition by herself so she asked me to audition oh cool and so i was like sure i'll audition and i got in uh like i improvised a monologue i, I, I hope she got into play, right she did we both got in <laughs> uh but she was mad because like, i improvised my monologue uh like i completely faked a monologue and like a playwright and a play and stuff and i just like went for it and i got into the class so like that's what started like my theater and my acting career um I love and that. and yeah and so that's kind of the path that I took going into into college and kind of more into my career but like singing yeah it's just all <laughs> it's kind of just always been around me yeah it sounds like your parents probably were pretty supportive too uh relative to a lot of people 
Yeah, it's interesting because like a lot of the camps that I went to, you know, like people go to summer camps. Mm-hmm. Um, like I went to science and math camp. <laughs> I went to the National Youth Leadership Forum on Medicine, like doctor camp. Like I never really went to an <laughs> arts camp growing up. So it's like it's not like they didn't like try or didn't suggest, but they never really pushed me. In any sort of way, they just wanted me to be happy. That's nice. And, like, I will say that they were my biggest supporters. Like, they would come down for every play that I've been in. If I was playing in a band, they would try to come down and see the band play. Like, they're very braggadocious. They love bragging on me (laughs) and, like, all my art and stuff. Yeah, they're, like, my biggest supporters and biggest fans, like, outside of my husband. But, like, my OG number one yeah so lucky you yeah i got really lucky um that's great okay so you eventually make your way to southern california Mm -hmm. uh, you go to cal state northridge Mm -hmm. and you do theater (laughs) (laughs) to get to get all that energy out i'm sure um yeah (laughs) now you're doing like voice acting like without people looking at you and stuff do you feel like those are pretty different because to me they're like vastly different yeah, I mean, so I do more casting and directing than I do acting, but it is it is different and it isn't. Like, I don't think that there it's that different. I mean, yeah, technically because there's no stage, so you're not on stage being in front of people, and then, like, the performance you do that night, that's it, and it's, like, never to be seen again. That yeah. performance is, like, once in a lifetime, and then on the next day you do, like, a complete, I mean, a, the same but different performance, you know, and then that's gone. Totally. And it's like you don't have any sort of tangible thing. When voice voice acting or directing, it's like you're recording in a booth. Sometimes you're isolated. Sometimes you're with other people. Um, but you don't have that audience feedback. So you don't have, like, the applause or, like, the gasping or, like, the emotional, like, impact. <laughs> yeah. uh, like, because you're just, like, doing three in a row and you're like, was that good? Was that cool? Okay, cool. Like, and yeah. then you just keep going, you know? So I'd say in terms of that, it's different, but like you still need the same like energy level and like quality of acting needs to be the same. Like, yeah, you know, um, totally. So So it's like a, a music recording artist and a touring musician, right? Those, yeah, those are musicians who go on stage and play versus chilling in the studio, which you can go back and like fix something if you screw up <laughs> exactly yeah it's whether or not you can fix stuff that's kind of the difference of just like that's that's great um yeah i do think that reacting to the audience is a, a really unique experience within the arts it's like it gives you so much life and and creative uh input to mm-hmm. to help craft your work or whatever so that's that's yeah. really cool um I saw that you started in the entertainment industry like really early as like a 20 year old intern or something. Yeah. So what happened was there was a uh, voice casting director, like a commercial voiceover director who came and did a like a masterclass or spoke um, at CSUN at Northridge. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was really interesting, you know, and at that point, like I didn't want to go home for the summer. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like trying to find things to do during the summer Got it. so like I was like and what she said was super interesting and I've always loved cartoons I've always loved like animation and like the idea of voiceover and like video games and all of that so uh, I offered to help her afterwards to bring all of her stuff to her car 
Um, and I asked her if she was looking for any like interns or anyone to like help around in the office because I'd love to learn more about it. And she said yes. And so that was uh, in between my junior and senior year of college. I worked for them and then I kind of worked for them part time my senior year. Uh, cool. And then they hired me full time as soon as I graduated. But it was like full time, part time because I also started working with a Shakespearean theater company for acting and music at that same time as soon as I graduated college. So I was kind of doing both. And so because I was like, you know what, acting, theater acting is going to be like my main gig and like this voiceover casting thing is going to be my side gig. And then like the older I got, the more it switched where it's like, oh, no, casting is like where money is and like where like a little bit more creative control is. So. So, yeah, that's kind of how I started. (laughs) Uh, Were there any like. That's so great. I I really. (laughs) Hope. I've interviewed a few people who've had stories where being proactive has really, really paid off. And, you know, for anybody younger or actually anybody of any age watching this, like sometimes being proactive and like you really have nothing to lose. Yeah. The worst, worst that I can happens do is, is somebody no. says, no, no yeah. thanks. <laughs> yeah. So good on you. <laughs> Thank you. That's great. Uh, was there anything about building up your career and your reputation that you felt is notable or or like extra challenging um, as you were kind of working yourself up to where you are now? Um, I'd say yes and no. There are certain points where like you can get pigeonholed into something like Mm. I'm a workhorse. Like if you give me a job, I will just like do it and like do it really, really well. Um, And sometimes when that happens, you get stuck in that position because they're like, they can do that really, really well. And that's where they're going to be. And like, there's no sort of uh, upward momentum for that. Uh, So I had some challenges in that um, where I felt like, like where I wanted to be wasn't where I was. And I was being kept where I was because I was really good at it, but it wasn't really, it stopped being beneficial to me um, at a certain point. So I would say that was kind of my biggest challenge and like my biggest hurdle was knowing my worth and like being like, you know what, I'm going to actually go for what I want, you know, and be in a more creative place and like having people who can, who champion me in that. Um, so like I have this wonderful mentor, her name's Christy Reed. She's like a brilliant voice director, casting director. And uh, once I left kind of my more corporate animation job, she asked me if, like, I wanted to, like, work for her, like, help her with scheduling. But in turn, she'll also, like, mentor me and, like, let me shadow her and, like, be in a different recording environment and, like, meet different companies. And, like, she'll pitch me for stuff. And, like, she's just been, like, a dream person to amazing to have in my corner yeah so like that's really like how I got to exactly where I am today so So, since then you've worked on some pretty cool stuff like Max Steel Trolls the beat goes on um Harvey Street Kids featuring our friends the Lofties yeah (laughs) Spirit Writing Free and many many more shows you did some voice acting on um what Barbie's Dreamhouse Adventures? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, like, um, like all the shows that you mentioned, I was, like, a coordinator 
And that's like my up and coming stuff. So I got to work on some really cool projects through DreamWorks as like a coordinator um, uh-huh. where like I was kind of a liaison between like the studio actors, like agents, production, all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. So I got to work on like some really, really cool properties. Um, and then, yeah, I voice acted on Barbie's Dreamhouse Adventures. I play <laughs> a Barbie mermaid queen for an episode. Um and that was cool. That was so cool. Like I that brings such a huge smile to my face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's just so and she's so cute and like it was just like a really cool uh like creative thing that I got to do, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I did all of all of that stuff kind of just like working through my career over like the past 10 years. <laughs> totally. Yeah. You also produced and performed in and wrote the music for Ariana Grande parody, I guess, or cover that went viral. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That was crazy. Um, So after I quit my corporate animation job, I I left to be more creative and to like work with Christy. And in that creativity, uh, I hooked up with my friend, Julia Axe, who's like a brilliant like singer actress and she does like a really mean julie andrews um and she just did like a joke where she sang seven rings as julie andrews like ariana grande song (laughs) and at that point we were kind of just like we should make a music video so like we pulled together like all of our friends uh like it was produced with our friends like steve sam uh my husband edited it we had like this really cool crew of uh of people who helped us create like a shot for shot (laughs) remake of seven rings as julie andrews and i got to music produce it and like write the parody jokes in there um amazing and yeah ariana grande saw it uh she reposted it (laughs) on her instagram uncredited and it got like 10 million views or something and then, like, our our YouTube video got, like, over a million views on that. And, like, <laughs> that was insane because, like, the day we posted it, she found it and reposted it. And we were like, what is happening? And it, like, blew up <laughs> my friend's career um, as, like, a, a personality um, and stuff. Genius. And, like, an influencer. And, yeah, it was just a lot of fun, you know. And we did a bunch of different, like, parodies as well off of that during that year. Um, and that was crazy. Cool. Yeah. that's really wonderful um so usually on this type of conversation i choose somebody's project and i help share it and stuff and i want to do something a little different today because you're working on something really really cool that's not out yet (laughs) Mm -hmm. so i want to share a project that you did recently um and then maybe talk about how both of those kind of tie in with your life experiences and your goals as a as a creative um, yeah. So let's watch like a short clip of this thing called Don't Deny It, Defy It. <laughs> yeah. One, two, three. <laughs> hey, when we're older, let's get married. Ha. You can't get married. Why not? Black people can't marry white people. Hey, now. It's Garnet from Steven Universe. Kids. Don't be racist. Cut. Okay, people, we just need to get coverage. We'll start again in five. This is the cheesiest job I've ever done. Stuff like this doesn't actually happen in real life. (laughs) Whoa, whoa there. Are you kidding? 
It totally does. Just because this has never happened to you doesn't mean it doesn't happen. Oh, well, I'm sorry. Seriously, I didn't know. Yeah, everyone messes up sometimes. But you gotta realize it hurts to deal with racism. And when people act like it's not real, it makes it feel even worse. You have to acknowledge racism to work against it. I love that so much. (laughs) Yeah. I love that the medium it comes in is a short from uh, Cartoon Network, and uh, it's like a whole series of these. Um, Wait, one second. Let's take a little break. Hey, it's Bao. You know, sometimes I feel insecure about even calling myself an activist. I mean, all I do is make art, right? And hope that people feel something or think or address certain topics that I care about. And that's not exactly the highly visible type of activism that they write about in articles, right? Uh, But I'm realizing that that's not true, you see, because art inspires and art moves you to action. Art makes people feel like they're not alone. Um, Essentially, art matters. Uh, So I serve on the board of a nonprofit called the Slants Foundation that helps empower artists of color with the resources and the support system that helps them understand that their voice matters. And there are now dozens of high-profile articles about the impact of our nonprofit, uh, which makes me feel kind of good. If you think that I'm talented, you should see some of the artists that we've been working with at the Slants Foundation. But we need your financial support to do our thing. And that means money. We need you to donate money to the Slants Foundation so that we can nurture the next generation of cooler, better, smarter bows. (laughs) So if you can't afford to, please make a tax-deductible donation to the Slants Foundation by going to theslants.org and tell them that Bao sent you. All right, thank you for coming to my TED Talk. See ya. Let's get back to the show. You guys, I'm hanging out with an incredible person called Ashley Nguyen Dewitt. She um, did the voice casting and voice directing on that short that we just watched called Don't Deny It, Defy It. It's part of an anti-racism campaign from the Cartoon Network. And... Um, I just feel like it's an amazing way to help young people see a lot of the realities of the world that sometimes they might not be exposed to, or sometimes they are and they struggle to understand. Mm -hmm. And I wish I had that sort of stuff when I was growing up, because it would have been invaluable, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And I can't wait to talk about more of these themes with you, Ashley. You can find Ashley on her personal website at Ashley Nguyen, do it. I'm going to spell it for you, A-S-H-L-E. Y N G U Y E N D E W I T T dot com dot com. <laughs> okay, so that must be incredible to work on. And how many have you guys done so far? Um, so there were only four, and they're all out. Um, so all four are out. Um, and yeah, it was it was really really cool. And they all center on like different things um so that was like about anti-racism there's something about like black history there's one about like Mm. allyship one about like being colorblind so like uh we did featuring guitar dad 
Yeah, featured guitar dad. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, there are only four of them. And it was a really cool project I worked on last year with the creator of Steven Universe um, and um, Rebecca Sugar and also Ian uh, Jones-Cordy. And it it was just like such a cool experience that they had me working on it. Like as like a, a black woman, they wanted me to be the voice director and casting director because they felt that that was important um, oh, for these things nice. to get like that opportunity. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super cool. I love it. Oh, it's kind of like in a similar vein as what you're working on now, which is super exciting. Can you give us like a tiny synopsis of Ada Twist Scientist? Oh yeah. Uh, so Ada Twist is about like a young black scientist who, uh, will explore helping people through scientific discovery, uh, like collaboration and friendship. And she solves mysteries with the help of her, her two best friends, Rosie Revere and Iggy Peck. And it's based on this wonderful book series. Um, and yeah, it's, it's super fun. It's really cool. I can't wait to check that out. (laughs) Yeah. It comes out Um, at some point this year on Netflix. (laughs) I know I was trying to like, look around the internet for a release date and it's just like sometime this year. Okay. Yeah, cool. <laughs> Do you, uh, you said that they, they hired you specifically um, for the cartoon network shorts because they thought your experience as a, a woman of color would help you kind of work on that project. Mm-hmm. Um, do you personally see, um, how do I phrase this? Like, what's your special sauce that you see where that you contribute to projects as a yeah. casting or a voice director? Well, you know, like, for casting and voice directing, like, I know how good it feels to be authentically represented, you know, in the media or in upper, like, positions. And so, like, for yeah. me, I like to try to cast as authentically as is within my means to, um, with like the time and the resources that I have. Uh, and I think that there are certain experiences that I can bring as like a young person of color that I believe would be beneficial to certain projects that uh, a white director wouldn't have, mm-hmm. uh, you know, cause there've been a lot of culturally specific projects coming out that like having someone in the room with these, these actors um, or digitally as we're doing now because of pandemic, um, yeah. like just having someone who can relate to the experience that they're trying to direct is something that I can bring, you know, and like my position has historically been predominantly white, um, and, and older than I am, you know, I'm sure. in my early, early thirties. Um, and so just bringing an, a different perspective, um, uh, yeah, yeah. So and a more authentic one for a lot of this type of content. Yeah, for for certain content, you know, and like there and like I've met a lot of the voice directors that are working out there and just who have just been like doing it for so long and mm-hmm. who are just brilliant and wonderful. But there's you know there's so much animation coming out mm-hmm. right now, um, and they can only do so much. So <clears throat> like me coming in with a different style and a different perspective, I think just you know helps continue um continue you know into animation and kind of like bringing like new points of views and stuff yeah that's beautiful Mm. 
Thank you. That's really cool that um, things are kind of moving in that direction because I, I totally feel you on being authentically represented. And uh, I think that's so important for children too, mm-hmm. to see themselves in the media. Yeah. Um, and also in like creative positions and stuff. Like I was once directing a callback uh, where we were auditioning a little African-American girl. And afterwards, one of the, pa- the her parent like reached out to me like on Instagram and just to tell me how wonderful it was to see a room where women of color were in power and running the auditions uh, because they'd never had that experience before. And like, that's that. the stuff I love. And like, that's why I, I got into this position because I wanted them to feel that sort of the way and see that like we can like be in, in overhead positions, like upper positions. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like, this is really cool. You know, do you, see a pretty clear path forward in terms of building your career and your reputation or um, do you, uh, for example, do you have a pretty, pretty clear vision of where you'd like to be in a few years or um, do you, or what? <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, like, I don't, I mean, it's clear and it's not, you know, cause it's so interesting. I've done so many things like different things and I kind of go wherever the path pulls me. Um, but I think that in the future, I see myself doing more of this, you know, like yeah. I would love to voice direct more shows and just kind of build my resume through that and like direct different types of animation, um, like for different audiences. Like that's, that's where I see myself, hopefully. Um, totally. Yeah. And like, um, are, are I, you super yeah. into working on children's content? Um, I like working on everything. Like I, I've, I've started in children's content, um, but I would love to have more opportunities to do adult animation. Like I, I started in, in preschool and like Ada Twist actually was my first series in the voice mm-hmm. directing chair. But I was given mm-hmm. this opportunity by like Chris Nee, who was also another wonderful person and Carrie Grant, who are the, the showrunner, who is the showrunner. Um, to who really like took a chance on me because I had never done this before and really just like gave me this opportunity and wanted to give me this opportunity to voice direct and like do that, do that sort of thing. So like, I, I feel like it kind of set me up onto like a path of like, like they set me up for greatness, you know? And like, I just want to honor that and honor them in, and then give me those chances. All these wonderful people who have really just like, Absolutely. We, every time I talk to somebody like you, I'm like, man, it's all of the people who like proactively or like had the foresight to support somebody and kind of uplift them. And I mean, I wish I want to be like that. I I wish a lot of people were, you know, more like that. And I just appreciate the people who are like that. That's wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Something cool about Ada Twist Scientist is, um, it's produced by Netflix and a uh, production company called Laughing Wild and Higher Ground, which is the Obama's uh, production company. Like, is yeah. that a big resume booster or what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is, especially because it's my uh, my debut series. Debut. Yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, it's kind of like my it's my first it's my first uh, series, and like, so I would say yes, it's. It's a huge resume booster. And again, it's all thanks to Chris and Carrie who just kind of were like, 
we want to give you this opportunity and help you succeed um, yeah. in this position. And this is the big one. And we want to like put our, you know, trust in you to, to do this for this huge thing, you know, and like, uh, yeah, it's really exciting and a little nerve wracking. Um, but, <laughs> but it's going to be really great. Like I, I have faith in the show. So <laughs> that's awesome. So I know that it is, Ada Twist Scientist is made for preschoolers, but I might be watching it myself. <laughs> yeah, you should. I mean, I think I think everyone should watch it. <laughs> That's so cool. I'm excited for you. I'm really happy to see you kind of like making these advancements in the industry. And um, tell me if I'm wrong, but I have an assumption that like both race and gender have kind of played a role during your um process in the industry and probably has affected like the opportunities you get, the preconceptions that people have about you, uh, the network that you're able to build. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think this like double whammy of a, of issues has been, have you been really cognizant of it or am I um, overblowing it? I honestly, like, I don't want to speak for anyone who, you know, who have afforded sure. me opportunities or not. Um, but like, I know it's so interesting, like growing up, my mom always kind of instilled into me that like, you are a woman of color, you are a black woman, you know, and like, you're going to have to work a hundred times harder than your counterparts yeah, just to totally. break even, um, which I feel like is like a general person of color sentiment I've heard from a lot of people where it's like, you just have to work harder to be yeah. successful. And so like, I've always had that mindset. So when it comes to like things affecting my opportunities and stuff at that point, it's all that was already so ingrained in me that like, I never let anything stop me because mm. like, it was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, Sure, that's a thing. Uh, but, like, I'm a really hard worker, and I'll do great work for you. And, like, that shouldn't matter because you should just see, like, who I am and what my talent is. And, like, I'm sure I'm sure it's, like, affected opportunities for me or, like, conceptions or any of that. But, like, I wasn't truly aware of that sort of thing because, like, it's just kind of like a, sure, you know, like, that's going to happen. Um, sure, yeah. But it's never stops me from anything. I feel you. And I think that's really great to know that it's there, but also just push yourself as far as you can all the time and mm -hmm. um, have your own standards for greatness, right? That's great. Yeah. You guys, I'm talking to a wonderful person called Ashley Nguyen Duet. She's currently casting and voice directing an upcoming Netflix animation called Ada Twist Scientist. It's a series, actually, not just an mm -hmm. animation. Um, <laughs> and it was... Pro Co-produced with Netflix with a company called Laughing Wild and Higher Ground, which is the production company of our former president and first lady, the Obamas. Yeah. Uh, you can find Ashley on her website at Um You also did this song recently that was <laughs> synced. That was synced for the King Arthur Baking Company. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Your song Rise Again, which um, really demonstrates how soulful and natural your voice is. It's just really beautiful. And I think your mom is probably like, hey, she got it from me. 
yeah, I did. <laughs> and she would. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. How, how did you, you, did you guys make that song before, before knowing anything about the King Arthur thing? Did they just? No. So my friend, Alana Dafonseca is just like this brilliant songwriter. Uh, they tapped her to write for their commercial campaign and they wanted like sort of like that retro sound. Mm. Um, and she was like doing the demo for it. And she, she, uh, really wanted a woman of color uh, to be the demo and the singing and the singer for it. And she was like, I have the perfect one. And she like hit me up on Instagram um, and was like, do you want to come sing this demo? And I was like, yes, I'll sing anything for you. I love your music. Um, and so she had me sing the demo and then uh, they liked the demo so much that they wanted to put me in to be the singer for the commercial. Uh, and then in conjunction with that, Alana wanted to release like a full, length mm, version I of this see. song so that's when we recorded it and she had me put it out um under my name and yeah that's kind of how that that came to be and like i love the song i thought it was a brilliant message it's such a beautiful commercial um and like and it's a pun yeah and it's a pun which i love <laughs> um so so yeah that's kind of how that that came to be um yeah but it was commissioned by Arthur baking um and that's so cool I I know that like narrative storytelling is kind of where your work resides mostly but like is being a a songstress something that you're doing in your dreams like are you into that (sighs) yeah when I was little I wanted to be Ella Fitzgerald and Spider-Man you know like (laughs) uh, that's what I wanted uh but I you know what's so interesting is that singing has been in my life for the entirety of it. And like, I still yeah. do sing and like before the pandemic, I was playing in a band I was playing bass in like this, like sixties garage band, um, that like pandemic hit, you can't really play music with people anymore. Um, sure. In a parallel universe. Yes. It's something that I'm just like doing <laughs> for my career, but I also, uh, have anxiety about being like in the forefront of things too. So like, I love stuff like being able to sing for a commercial. So it's like, I'm not like a pop star or anything, but I'm still able to yeah. get my voice out, uh, out there. Um, and, and yeah, like <laughs> in my dreams, so I'm singing cool. always. That's so cool. I have so many projects and now I know of this singer with this voice. So <laughs> <laughs> you're somewhere in here. Yeah, hit me up. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, so outside of your like career stuff and your projects, I, I really look forward to getting to know you better, you know, in the future, uh, mm-hmm. just as a person. Um, is there anything that you're working on for yourself as a person uh, that you can share? <laughs> yeah, like therapy is great. <laughs> like that helps me work on myself oh, yeah. as, a, as a person. Uh, I go to therapy. I think everyone should. Um, yeah. I, I think that's really helped with my mental health, um, especially during the pandemic and especially just in general. Um, that is something that's kind of keeping Thank me you. aware of myself, <laughs> you know, um, totally. And not completely just falling into myself. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. 
That's so cool. Um, I, I know that your personal projects and your professional projects all involve like such a massive ecosystem of people. And, mm -hmm. you know, for me as a, a, write, a songwriter and a music producer, a lot of times I'm either by myself or I work with a very small team. I wonder if you, there's something that you can teach me or if you have a hot tip that you can show me about learning to or, or dealing with projects that have such a massive ecosystem of people. Uh, patience. <laughs> I got that. <laughs> yeah. Having patience is a really big thing. Um, patience and just being nice and open to things. Um, nice. And like really, really looking at the big picture and not like internalizing a lot of things. Um, if there are any, uh, anything that like negative that's happening, not internalizing that and realizing that there's a whole big picture and there are a lot of factors of things that, that led to certain points. Um, so like just patience and being grateful. <laughs> Wow, you guys, do you know how well this translates just into just being and not just work and not just projects? This is just like life advice right there. And I, I so appreciate that. Thank you. This has been like such a great way to meet you and, and get to know about you. And I really appreciate that you set up this time to chat with me. Yeah, thank you for having me. This has, been, <laughs> this has been really nice. You got any closing things for the peeps? Anybody you want to shout out or whatever? Uh, shout out to my mom, my dad, yeah. my brother, my grandma, my husband. Uh, no, I just, you know, everybody, like, I love you. Uh <laughs> <laughs> I think you said it earlier, but, like, I wanted to just reiterate that People like you and me are internally or eternally grateful for those people who went before us in their careers and are mm -hmm. actually making efforts to help uplift us, like, mm -hmm. or, you know, the next generation of people. And I think that's yeah. so cool. And I kind of get that vibe from you as a, as a very um, authentic human, you know, who's really cognizant of those things. Thank you. Uh, stay put. I'm going to give an outro and then uh, I'll come back and say proper goodbye to you. Okay, sounds good. Yo, that was Ashley Nguyen Duet. She is a casting director and a voice director, actor, brilliant singer. What What can't she do? <laughs> <laughs> you can find Ashley at ashleynguyenduet.com. That's her personal website. Or just Google her. You'll find her. Um, if you liked Coffee with Bao today, you can support me by subscribing or just sharing this with your human friends, your non-human friends as well. Also, if you can financially support me in making this very labor and time-consuming content, I'd really appreciate it. Uh, you can do that on coffeewithbao.com. There's a big blue button that says leave a tip, I think. So anyway, thank you for having Coffee with Bao. And Ashley, we'll see you next time. You want to see our beautiful mugs while we chat? Coffee with Bao is also available in video. Just search for it on YouTube and hit the subscribe button.